There it is. So, um, yeah, I, I, I started back to that. I started having a system and I was like, all right, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to play video games and get back into that type of thing. And then over time you realize it ain't like shit needs to be done with me. Yeah. Like, I, I have stuff that I need to do. Like I can't sit around and just, just be doing that. Um, I don't know what just happened just now, but hmm. yeah, so well, I, I don't know. They stopped. All right, cool. I don't know what happened. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So for me, it was just like it was like uh you sitting around, you playing the video games, but ain't the work that I needed to get done wasn't gonna get done by itself. You know, like there's no doppelganger or no no clones running around doing this shit for me so i was like man ain't no point in me sitting around playing no video games if i know i gotta get out here and do this work right you know so i think i stopped was it playstation 2 or ps3 it was one of those because yeah, when we was roommates i remember you had the uh the ps2 and you fucked that was two ball game or yeah. whatever yeah um, it, but not not just that it was because they had like apps on there like the youtube and all that shit was yeah, you use it like an entertainment hub more so. I think you watch TV through it more. TV and the DVDs, too. And the DVDs. Yeah. Which, that's why I was kind of looking at some of the better systems, but it ain't even worth it, man. I got a little Blu-ray, Blu-ray player for like 90 bucks, and I'll go back and watch the stuff that I want to watch on my TV, and it's cool. And a lot of that shit you streaming anyway. There it is right there. Like, that's the reason why I haven't done nothing else is because I don't pay for these streaming sites. And even though buying a PS5 or whatever that they're on now would be effective and probably would save me less money, I've already done all this shit. You know what I mean? I do know I'm going to get rid of, of the, the Zone app for boxing because they put on these bullshit shows and they ain't really oh. putting no real fighters out. And I'm mm. sick of this shit, man. Like the top fighters that we want to see fight, Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Demetrius Andrade, that hasn't happened. Andrade went over there to fight the best fighters and they're keeping them out the way of Golovkin and everything else. So it's, it's like there's no point in paying $27 a, a, a month for an app or if I paid the 140 for the year, there's no point in doing it if I'm not getting nothing out of it. You know, like I love boxing. You know I love boxing. I'll watch, I'll watch the other fights that they have. But right. what's the point of watching it if if I'm not gonna see the best fight and the best? Like I love boxing and I'll sit there and watch any fight, but at mm. the end, you want to see the best fighters fight. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole purpose of it being king of the hill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, that's. That's pretty much that, man. But um, shit, if you desire to get get a uh, gaming set for entertainment, do that shit. It you know it yeah, work well. Only huh? one that makes sense is for for me being like a super casual gamer is probably the um, Nintendo joint because the nostalgia factor it have the the. Uh, NBA 2K on there, which is the only newer game that I probably would play. And then everything else would be like, oh, well, you know, it's got a young lady over here, the homies or whatever, and we just, you know, chilling. It's all, oh, man, you want to play Mike Tyson Punch Out? You know, like... I Mike like, Tyson oh. Punch Out used to be the shit, too, man. man. I used to love Mike Tyson Punch Out. You know, so... You know, just to have something, you know, to, to mess around, because I noticed when... Uh, 
I had a couple people visit me from out of town, it'd be just a couple moments. It would have been nice to just have something to kind of like do something while we was just in the crib for a few minutes competitive because I'm just a competitive person. So I like to fuck with that shit if I can. Yeah, and, and then that way you don't have to always go outside and spend a bunch of money either. That's that too, you know, like if you do stay in, it's something you're doing something. I think it's games on there that are similar to like the Wii, where you would have to move around and stuff because they integrate a lot of those older games into the newer system. So that game like, looks familiar, sir. Oh. <laughs> my sister got these for me um, for my birthday this year, like. Uh, well, no, not this year. I got it from me last year. I just didn't get a chance to use it because really? I was waiting on moving. I bought some glasses. I got some glasses for some very close people to me like that. Mm-hmm. They're the Versace. Did, did it come with the all need? This is, I don't know what brand this is. This is just, came, it came with the um the cancer joint. Mm-mm. They were just with the Versace collection glasses. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, you got some fancier stuff than me, but I do have the grown man little you know whiskey holder joint now so i can be on my madman shit now like oh you 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 want you want a scotch would you like would you like a pour (laughs) would you like a pour (laughs) oh salute to that clink it up clank clank (laughs) my guy so so tell me man what got you into art bro what got me into art, man? Um, I just—I feel like I wanted to draw since I could remember. I, I literally was drawing circle circles with arms and legs coming out of the head with smiley faces in my grandmother's Bible when I was like three years old. So that didn't go over the best, but um, <laughs> she didn't erase them because. I guess they were sentimental about it, even though they tried to act like they were super mad because that would be the first thing. They were in pencil, so I was like, why are you in my Bible? Like, they didn't erase them. I literally looked through it because when my grandmother passed, we was looking through her old stuff, and I saw the Bible, and I just started flipping through and not even thinking about that, and literally the little circle with the little smiley man. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I've been drawing since I could hold a pencil, you know. Do you remember the Etch-A-Sketch, man? Yes, I never liked it because I didn't have no control. The control was weird. I wanted to be able to do those cool pictures that would be on the box. And I was just like. Yeah, I slowly started to figure it out how you turn it and make it go to a diagonal and down. I slowly figured it out. It's just. You know, you better than me. I was yeah. like, what? It was just the impatience of, of using the etch sketch And mm-hmm. if you got bumped or anything like that, or it shook, it would start to erase what you had done. So yeah, that, that was one was... of the things I didn't like. No, and then um cartoons inspired me because I already liked drawing. So that was literally moving drawing. So He-Man... Looney Tunes, Transformers. Yeah, all that early good shit. Voltron, like all like 
I wanted to draw that stuff at four. I wanted to draw like exactly what I saw that to be. And it's funny now, I don't, it's, it's crazy. Like the journey you be taking for granted sometimes what you want it to be and what you are. And you might not be exactly at the pinnacle of the level that you envision yourself to be. But if I showed five-year-old Carl something that I could draw right now, I would, he would be like, I'm going to do that. Like he would be so excited. And, and this, and I want to be better than that now, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, it's sometimes you just have to like, you know, step back and just appreciate where you are right now you know we always strive for more we want to be better always but you kind of have to appreciate the work you put in and where you are at this moment too you know yeah when did you know that you wanted to get into photography uh you know it's funny um when i was around 12 my mom started um dating a guy who was her um actually like somebody she went to school with so this is somebody she had probably known for 30 years already at that point and they kind of he basically in a nutshell was kind of like one of those Roger or Urkel characters that finally got the girl they wanted but it took time to become Stefan Urkel as a grown up, you know, because then he was cool and had all this shit together, but he was a little nerd. My mom even showed me the pictures. I was like, oh, he definitely looked like those characters. Okay, that's cool. But he, be that way. But just like everything else, and I was a nerd too and wore glasses. I mean, I got glasses now. I wore glasses when I was a shorty, like, and was the guy in the corner drawing and everybody was bothering too. So I totally get his perspective because I was that kid too. But that was probably why when I was around him, he took me under his wing so much because he saw those similarities. Like, as soon as I was around, I was like, all I did was read comic books and wanted to draw comic books and stuff. So he encouraged that. He was like, oh, you can draw. Oops. We got pencils and paper. I got, I could take you to the art store, get you the, the right. I was like, who is this person? Because the other people that I had been exposed to, they was not, it was like, oh, you could do that. That's cool. It wasn't like not supporting it, but it wasn't like encouraging it either. Whereas that was like total, like, nurturing of all things artistic that I was doing, like even more so than my mom did, which actually made her be better about doing it, being around him and seeing how he was like, she was to the art stuff on her own without him after he saw, after she saw what he was doing too. Yeah. Um, But no, it was cool. Like he showed me Photoshop, like, Two <laughs> like, <laughs> Photoshop two back right, then. Right, right. Um, but yeah, like the encouragement more, is is a very big part of anything. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that. Like, if you don't encourage, it's just like growing a flower. If you don't water the motherfucker, man, you ain't getting far. If you don't turn the soil and do all the thing that you're supposed to do for it, you ain't gonna get far with it. Encouragement is a very big key. 
you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's in, in encouragement and like seeing something manifest for somebody else that you want a variation of or something like gives you the the drive to push for it. Like I remember the first time we went to his studio, he had a studio. Um, his name is Victor Powell, by the way. He actually like a real dope photographer. And shout him out! Shout him out! Um, in Chicago, uh, I think he what was that black paper Indigo? He shoots for them a lot. He's done stuff probably for so many black publications and non-black. He just worked. He's a beast with it. But went to his studio. Walked. I mean, it was literally like, you know how on TV they would show like a photography studio and it would be like exposed brick and all the umbrella, the lights and all the little stuff. Like it looked, it was like walking onto a set or something I saw on TV. Like it he was had, like he had perfect. That. perfect. Like I was just like in awe of that. I was like, this is real. Like he got a real studio. Like this is dope. You know, yeah. like. And I literally spent a whole summer just there every day, you know. So I was just around him. He would be doing shoots. He took us on shoots, him and his sons, which all of his sons are in the business with him now. They all photographers. They all dope as hell. Um, That's dope. That's dope. But And it's funny because, like, you know, photography isn't my main thing, but just the short time that I spent around him, it just shows how powerful it was what he was doing because every young man around him, his sons and one that wasn't his son still picked up photography. Wow. So that's crazy. Like I didn't even think about that until this moment. Like I'm not his son, but I buy association of that short time. I'm still doing the shit, but he still passed it on though. That was that being yeah. able to pass it on. Like, yo, mm -hmm. you, you want to do it. You can do it. Like here, here it is right here. I'll put you right there in front of it. And what you do from there is on you. You know, if you want to do it, you will, you will do it. Um, right. You, photography is was more so, a, you know, as an adult, like a segue into doing the film stuff and everything. But I wouldn't even have wanted to do that, I don't think, if I hadn't have been exposed to it. Because I wanted to draw comic books. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that first. was my early thing, too, doing the comic yeah. books. Yeah, I used to sit around and do the uh the pencil colors for it or the markers and everything prism colors and i would try to go and see what my mom could do as far as like helping me get it published or some shit like that you know and so every now and then she would try to see what she could do but i used to mm. love doing that stuff as a as a kid man Dude, i used to like make my own comic book series and stuff like i literally I, i'm trying to think what was the names of some of them? They were so funny because it was basically like my versions of the stuff that I was already reading, like my version of the X-Men. I think one of them was called Mutant Strike Force, which was basically like, <laughs> that's the X-Men. Like, I think I had to do, it was twins, uh, Tigress and something it was like was it just i don't know maybe it was just one but they basically was like wolverine it was like did the claws but it was two claws instead of three because you know right <laughs> you can't be too accurate 
Lord. But no, I I got more original as I got older. But I think that's always like the beginning of it, just like mimicking the things that you see. And then from there, it was weird because that's how the original things would come. Like you would create this care that was based on something else. And then you would think of stories that was on a whole nother thread of a character that had nothing to do with what you based it on and then it starts to take on a life of its own but with I the stopped. comic books who was your early on it was just the x-man uh man actually superman that was my man, first that was my first was my first, first superman like just from the the movies when we were shorties because we around the same age so i mean we got similar experience as far as like what we was exposed to but Superman, when I first saw Superman, it was like over with. I you couldn't tell me anything. My mom had to keep me from jumping out the window with a damn sheet tied to my back. <laughs> like I thought I could fly. I was like, oh, that you just need a joint and then you could fall word. Right. No, let me, let me go get me a bed sheet real quick. <laughs> yeah. But uh seriously, no, Superman was huge. You know, I remember like getting the comic books and not knowing how to uh take care of them, having them with my toys and shit, and they getting all fucked up like old Superman books, which I more than likely that's some shit that's probably worth about 30, 40 bucks right now that I destroyed, but whatever. I'm quite sure some of the ones I owned are way worth way more than that, but they got thrown away by certain people. So um, especially um, that death, I think there's a death of Superman or death of uh, that like, wasn't worth as much because they printed so many. They printed so many. Like initially it was because it was just kind of the speculation thing, but after a while people realized it was like Everybody in their mama had this book. Like, wow. I, I, I grabbed one. It very first came out. I remember you know? that. Yeah. That was man. a big was a deal. That got me really for real into comics, like, really into comics. Cause, like, um, no, wait. I think it was Spawn that got me. Like, I was like 11 years it old when I saw Spawn. Time. It was right around that time, but I wasn't savvy enough because i had just started buying books so the book sold out on me immediately because it sold out the uh actual single issue comic and then they did the trade paperback which was the whole storyline which was everywhere and i had that but um spawn was big i got in the image that's what really made me want to be a comic book artist because like Prior to that, it was okay. I, you know, I'll draw and then I'll do some other stuff later. But when I saw these guys leave Marvel and create their own company and they was doing numbers like Spawn sold millions plus copies and graphic too. Uh, oh my god, like they was doing what they wanted to do, so it was like, oh, okay, like. It's crazy. I was in a combo store the other day. Spawn is on issue 318. And I was just like shaking my head like, wow, I really literally have peripherally have seen every issue of this comic book by going to the comic book store. It's the whole entire time I've been buying comic books. 
that has been out and it's like 300 that's crazy 300 plus so that's like you know crazy you know, and Superman is on thousand or something, like literally, like the tech. Not just that, but they they, they they've done the what the uh, new fifty two or the, something like that. Right, they 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 absorb that into like a new continuity. That's yeah. more. I don't know. I I don't really read comic books enough to even speak on. From what I under, from what I understand, they're trying to explain certain things that were, that hadn't been explained before. Hey, y'all, um, and do that. I yeah. just read still because that's kind of lit right now. Other than that, What's that? I said all I read right now is X Men and a couple indie books. Other than that, I don't read nothing else. I'm, I, that back. I, I'm not the biggest comic book fan, but I went back and bought like a what is it? These uh, Dark World. I don't know. I shouldn't call them Dark World. There's like. Whatever, what would happen if Batman went evil? So if there's those issues. Uh, yeah, I have those. So it's like the main universe, and then for the universe, the happy universe to survive, there has to be a universe that's dying. So right. in the dying universe, there's a Batman that is a, a a Flash. There's a Batman that's a Green Lantern and all that. And I picked those up. Cause a young like I went in the store one day and I was like, "Do they have anything that lets me see how dark Batman, dark Batman can be?" She's like, "Yeah, we got these books that came out. Um, they're one shots or whatever it is that they are." And she's like, "You can pick up these right here." And she said they explains what would happen in a dark universe or the negative universe if Batman ever went bad. So the Flash, he became the Flash. He's the Red Dawn, and when he drove, he went by you. You would see like red bats like go by them. They're like the shit's dope, you know. And then the uh, uh Green Lantern was called Dawnbreaker, you know, and he was like the one of the baddest ones to me. So it's just all these different different elements. And I, and the only reason I did that so people understand is because I created this character uh while I was doing music and I called him the blue serpent, you know what I'm saying? So I went back and I was looking for all these different things, and then I went about the Punisher and I tried to get like the basic like the biggest book they had to explain everything that he had done, all the stuff, how he got to where he was and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So I did it that way. But um, yeah, it was just to give me some more clarity and understanding of what was going on in those particular books. Like if I wanted to go dark, how dark did those guys actually get when they were creating these comic books? Right. Well, um, hmm. I'm going to have some of that sounds kind of dope. Like I like when they mash up Batman with the other characters ability especially green lantern that because i i was a a book way back in the day that they had where bruce wayne be got a um green lantern ring and he was batman already and then he got the green lantern ring so he was cutting up <laughs> wow so in this one in this particular version of him his parents still get killed in the alley he had no powers he was maybe like 13, 14, 15 years old. And when they died in the alley, he was so angry that he channeled the power of the ring because of his will, right? So his will started taking over and he was tapping the ring. But when he was tapping the ring to get it to work, he was like, bring my parents back to life. And the ring was rejecting it because it was telling him, I forgot, to, I got to read it again. But but you can't do that. You can't. But here's the thing. His will was so strong 
his aggression was so strong that when he broke the ring and it and it, it twisted the powers of the ring around and it still took him on. Huh. Yeah, it's it's dope. I I send you I send it to you. I I send it to you so you know I ain't bullshitting. But huh. he, he was yeah, able to do I, it. I, I see the cover. I just need to see what the cover looked like. Oh yes, sir. I'll show it to you. Y'all got this up on that shelf. So oh, on okay. that shelf huh. over there. Um. So I'm reading it, and a motherfucker perverted the ring, and they said power. It leveled up his power to something. And he said, "Bring my parents back to life." So they came back as zombies and shit like that. Like it was. It was, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So the more he learned about his powers, he talked to Commissioner Gordon and Gordon, they were looking for the penguin. This man had took the penguin up to the top of the, with the ionosphere or whatever and dropped him back to the planet. And he, and, and he was talking to Commissioner Gordon. He was like, where's penguin? We know he was the last person to sing with him. He's like, there, there he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Cause he's falling back. To the earth and like pieces. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Don't tell me no more. I, Yo, I, it's dope. It's dope. Yeah, it's a bunch of those books, and I can't get them all because I got I got other shit to do. But this was like my inspiration, you know, to like create this comic book character that I was thinking about. Yeah, That's as far as up. music goes. That's what's up. So yeah, what I keeps got... you motivated, though, bro? What me motivated? Yeah, um, man. Um just reaching the goals that I set, you know, um, I haven't fully got over the hump with certain things. And I definitely, I just want to see these things through. I want to create a legacy for my family. You know, um, it's really that too, just being able to provide for my family and, and being a, a pillar for them. Um, all of those things will come from me reaching my goals with my art. Um, and I have goals outside of just my family, like want to start community centers, like all these type of things. And that's, that's what motivates me because it ain't really about me. It's about other people and doing things for other people. So that's kind of like my ultimate motivation, but my selfish motivation is probably just seeing it through. I want to see this stuff on TV. I want to see more people wearing my clothes. I want to see, you know, I just want to see, like, my creations, you know, enjoyed by everybody. Like, I'm inspired by, even though he out his damn mind, uh, Kanye touched so many different things now it's not just music he touching fashion he touching shoes he touching uh, community service things that we don't even know about the, the dine to house stuff that he does in chicago that he don't even publicize like that you know it's like that's the type of things that i want to do in terms of just touching as many people as possible with what i do it's like i have a gift i want to share it you know, and I need to be better about getting that out. But we are work in progress. That's the whole thing. We on this journey. We ain't done. It's like we get um what's the word I'm looking for? Um we get the tools through the experiences to make ourselves better, you know. That's what it is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Are there people that encourage you 
Um, my sister definitely is a big, you know, cheerleader, encouragement. Um, I definitely got some a great core of friends. You are definitely in that core. I encourage group. no one. That's how people are listening. I don't encourage nobody. Figure this shit out. If I have to figure this shit out, you gotta figure this shit out. But no, I do believe in encouragement. Encouragement is a, a key to I think a lot of things as far as mentally and physically, I think people need to be encouraged. You know, mm-hmm. people need to hear that they that that there's someone behind them pushing them. Um, that there are people in your corner in your corner that want you to do well. You you should know that and you should feel that there are people in your corner. I know growing up, there aren't, there wasn't, at least for me, there it came in spots, but it wasn't like something like, okay, you know, yeah. It was more like to me, it was just like he know what the fuck he's doing, just let him. Just let him rock. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he, he'll figure it out. But um, I think encouragement and motivation, whether it comes from inside and out, is a big thing. But I, as much as you get it on the inside, because I know I have a fire. I got a fire in me. Like there, there are things that that motivate the fuck out of me. Like, you know, like just growing up the way I grew up and seeing yeah. the stuff that I saw growing up and not having a lot of shit growing up to being being able to live a decent life. But encouragement it definitely like it's a big thing man i got people from shout out to my scs squad shelby county shenanigans i I love the encouragement we get whether it's in a group chat or they send me shit um separately you know like i I love the encouragement i love how people want to participate in doing a podcast uh those are things man i don't i don't take lightly and um i I appreciate and it's a blessing to have because if for me outside motivation works it works. And there are times where I just don't want to do nothing. I just sit down. You know, I may watch Netflix being here watching the Bob Ross story. You know, rest in peace, Bob Ross. I didn't even know he got done as bad as he did get done. Oh, dang. I was about to watch that, too. Yo, I, before. I ain't going to tell nobody nothing, but anybody that's tuning in to this, check out the Bob Ross story. The guy with the perm, with the fro, the white guy. The happy tree guy. The, man, listen. Check out his story. And he and he was the whole time he was painting, he was sending us fucking messages. I'm gonna have to the go whole back. time. He was on there saying, even in your darkest days, you still got to do the work. You still got to paint. He said something, he said, you got to pardon me because I'm going through a lot. So some of my paintings are gonna be dark but I'm still painting. <laughs> you, you should get a some type of um, Netflix sponsorship because you have like literally sold me 100% on watching this now. Like I will probably watch this at some point today. To anybody listening, if you draw, I don't care what it is you do, whatever it is you do with your life, listen to the Bob Ross story. And I'm not saying that just because of the statement I just made. It's just because of the things that happened to him. Mm. He wasn't even in control of all that shit that was going on. They screwed that man. (sighs) Not even his own son got a piece. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, being encouraged and motivated is a very big thing. I think we all need it. If you don't have 
And I'll say this too to anybody that's listening. If you have people in your life that aren't contributing in any type of way, shape, or fashion, question that. You should question that. Like, what is your purpose? What? How valuable are you to me? You know what I mean? And not only to that, I'll say this. I was listening to Fat Joe, uh, his Instagram page, and he was talking about jealousy. Mm. He was talking about jealousy. And one of the things he said is something I've been saying for the past five to seven years. If anybody around you that says they're your friend or you known them for 20 years, 50 years, 30 years, 40 years, no matter how long, how long you known them, that 1% of jealousy that they push out there is enough for you to say enough. It's enough for you to walk away from them. Because he said, now you're seeing the fruits of his labor. He's made all these people rich. He's done all these good things for people. And the moment people see him back out here enjoying his success, they're upset at it. So now they're calling him a rat. They're calling him a snitch. They're saying he's never looked out for nobody. He's never taken care of nobody. And he says, just everybody go rewind the tape. Rewind the tape on Fat Joe. Who was the person that sent the million pounds of food to Puerto Rico? So when did Fat Joe ever take care of nobody? When he didn't look out? He said, there's hundreds of funerals that I paid for uh, in the Bronx or whatever it is that he, that he was doing. It. Mm-hmm. It's hundreds of people that he looked out for. So when did he not look out for people? So you got to make sure that when you look at your circle and the people around you, you got to know that, that they plan a part. Because if they're not playing a part, what are they doing there? Yep. Everybody can't go, and we know that. He even told the story that he was in the Prince of Dubai. He was in the, uh, Dubai with the Prince of Dubai. He said, I'm there, and I got one of my main guys with me. He got his pants hanging off his ass, and we in Dubai with the Prince. And he's like, my man, you got to pull your pants up. All right, what are you doing? He's like, yo, I'm from the streets. I'm from the hood. You know what I'm saying? I'm representing the hood. He's like, yeah, we, we did that. We did that already, but we are here now with the Prince of Dubai, bro. Pull your pants pull your up. Pants. And this was probably recent-ish. Like, he, they old. Like, why are you still running around with your pants hanging off your ass? First of all, if anybody listening, man, the, the Bob Ross story is called Happy Accidents, <laughs> Betrayal, and Greed. The Bob Ross story. And he will tell you what a happy accident is when you're listening to it. Because as he paints it, he makes a mistake. He tells you it's nothing but a happy accident because you can create what you want to on your canvas. That's your job. Bob Ross, you are a motherfucking man. Salute to you. I am motivated and inspired by what I saw. Well, I'm going to have to get some of that, too. I'm going to have to check them out. Um, Salute to Fat Joe as well. Yeah. Man, Terror Squad. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what he said. He said, so I put that. Did you see his post? Because he put that big TS over New York, the Empire State for his birthday or whatever. Uh-huh. He said, not not long after that, all the hate started coming in. All the hate started coming in. I'm like, man, it, it's going to always be that way. Carl, we know people that's close to us, man, that we think we value them on a high level. And they will shit on us. Even now, currently, they will shit on us. Me currently, for anybody that's listening, I know a couple people that shit on me not literally but on my name and can't you can't do nothing to shake my name (laughs) i'm embedded man i'm one of a kind like you can't do nothing with my name you can say whatever you want it's just just gonna it's gonna wash clean it's Mm. gonna always wash clean because of the deeds i've done on a positive level 
and my character, not my reputation, but my character is solid. The character yep. of the man is solid. And when your character is good, can't nobody do nothing about that, man. No one can ever shake that. All right, I'm going to stop talking about that. All right, I have a question for you. As a black man, uh-huh. have you had to make adjustments around white people and correct them when it comes to your culture, stereotypes, or misnomers? Um, definitely. Um, I think the biggest thing, uh, as far as like stereotypes is, um, just feeling like I think in, in Chicago, especially, it was where I lived. Like, just because I lived on the south side they would be scared to come over there not knowing I lived in the nicest part of the city. You know, it was one of the nicest neighborhoods in the city, which you are currently at yourself. But people acted weird about coming out there. I definitely had to have the, why can't I say the N-word conversation with people when I was like in college and just stupid shit, you know. Yeah, I know why y'all can't say the fucking N-word. Why we got to even have this conversation? I really don't understand that. But, you know, we may, because they they like when we make something cool out of something that is painful. And then they want to jump in, basically, because we didn't made it cool, because we moved the needle with the culture. So yeah. every just like, look at. What's the little, the little boy that's about to uh get his ass whooped today? Um, Jake Paul. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that shit. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's a spectacle anyway, but look at this dude. He got a fake black person haircut where all these chains, he tried to posture himself like a tough rapper person or whatever. And he didn't pick the wrong one because the old boy. He, I'm going to say this too, uh, along with what you just said. I'm not watching the fight. I'm not going to watch the fight. No. I'm not paying for that garbage. Um, salute to Tyrone Woodley. Um, right. You were a great champion in the UFC. I hope he did actually pick the wrong one, but but the right one at the same time. <laughs> right. But I'm going to say this. I saw the press conference where they were sitting down at a table talking. Yeah, and he put it right in front of his motherfucking face and he told him what was up. He said, everything that you're doing, you stealing from my culture because you want to be something that you're not. Go check out the interview. I think I saw a piece of that. Yeah. He said, like, I'm from what he said, I'm from uh I'm from something, Missouri. I think it's from no, Mike Ferg- Brown. I'm from Ferguson, Ferg- Missouri. One of the I'm one of the murder capitals of the United States. I've been through all that shit. So all this gangster shit that you want to be, you want to be me. You want to live my life and you can't. That's why you up here posturing, doing all this bullshit, blah, 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 blah. And all you see is his face go blank and he says nothing. Yep. Can't even say nothing. Yeah, I saw that. And he didn't have no rebuttal. There is no rebuttal. What you going to say to somebody pulling your car? There is no rebuttal when when everybody knows that you, you a liar. And you're stealing from a culture. You're a culture vulture. What Dame Dad said, y'all culture vultures. You're a culture vulture. You ain't you ain't in this for real. Because if you were, you would take boxing just as serious as I did and a lot of other guys that did. You would start at the bottom. This wouldn't be about a showman sport. You would start correctly and build yourself up. Jake Paul is a natural heavyweight. 
or he should drop down to 175 or cruiserweight. And in your third or fourth fight, you should actually be fighting actual boxers. But you're fighting old. You find guys that are old or have retired, and it's a spectacle. And the shit it spits in the face of boxing every time I see it. But and he, people say it attracts it attracts attention to boxing, but it also gives a message that anybody can walk into boxing and do what he does. And I disagree with that. I'm against that. Yeah, because the guys that we grew up watching and the guys that you currently, you know, cause I'm not as big a boxing fan as you, but you are currently still invested in the sport. Absolutely. These guys trained for years, years and years and years, but like, so it was so much time of them training to get to the point where we even know who they are, where we just, who is this person? We don't know them. They was training probably 10 years before anybody knew their damn name. Then hit these goofballs come out of nowhere. We just go start some shit with some old people and see what happens. Okay. Because Floyd, that he just gonna go for the bag. Plus, he ain't never been no power knockout person anyway. Don't There's say no, that. Don't oh, say dude. that. Don't say I that. I mean, Floyd. You know, Floyd was a knockout artist early he in his knocked career. Out back in when he was younger, towards the end, it didn't happen as often. And then, all obviously, he's older now. On top of that, he's Plus, older. Yeah. That dude was enormous. That uh, Logan Paul dude. So the fact that he even went the whole fight and didn't catch no, you know, stray, strong punch by this big behemoth. He just showed how skilled a boxer he is. Let's also (laughs) say this, too. For Floyd not to really take him serious and train for that fight like he would a normal fighter, let you know how how skilled Jake Paul Paul or Logan Paul, whichever one of the motherfuckers it is, it shows how, how... untrained you really are because someone asked me after that fight they was like if we gave you three years to train could you beat them and i was like it's a pig's pussy pork y'all know the answer to that y'all know what would happen if i train for three years to get in get in tip-top shape and not even get up to 100 pounds just take the weight that i have normally at this size for three years training and getting the proper shape i dog walked them either one either one i would make them say my name in the ring Say my name, say my name, looking ass. <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel all type of pain. You leaving out of the ring with the L and, and the worst pain there is. And I hope Tyrone Woodley gives that to him. I hope he yep. gives them pain. Cause like with Floyd, the the energy that I got was the same energy that I always get from Floyd. I'm gonna do what I do. It's gonna, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna get enough hits as per usual, and that's what it's gonna be. This Tyrone, see, this is why I keep saying he the wrong one. He not no boxer, the boy. He from the UFC. They be trying to kill each other. So his mentality is different. Of course, he has to play you know within the boxing rules per se but his aggression and all of that is different like you got it the UFC is different you know the UFC like, is different but Tyron Woodley has been sitting around he hasn't fought so this is a guy he's been out for like a year or maybe more so when you when you 
I'll put it to you like this, Carl. I want Tyrone Woodley to win, but I understand with Jake Paul, Logan Paul, whichever one of the motherfuckers it is, I know what they're doing. They're picking these guys specifically, right? right. You're picking them specifically the same way Canelo does. I'm going to pick the guys I know I can beat, and I'm going to beat them, and then people are going to go, oh, did you see my fight? And when, they, when you really didn't do anything, but uh, I would like to see... I would like to see him do well. Um, and I hope that a fire was lit under him quietly. I hope it was lit under him and he comes out and he gives a, a performance that isn't rushed. He takes his time and he wears his kid out and he fucks him up. But I just, you know, when you're able to pick the guy that you want to pick, it lets me know that you know what you're doing. So. To anybody that's listening, if you know anything about boxing, when guys are able to pick who they want to fight, you know, that says a lot. That says a whole lot. Fought uh, Nate Robinson, Jake or Logan? I don't know which one of them motherfuckers fought, but one of them Paul brothers fought Nate Robinson. They knew what they was doing. Knocked his ass out. But he a basketball player, and he didn't take the shit seriously. Also, I'm a nigga shit, which is stupid. I, I hate that, you know, like. Being, let me say that. Yeah, because you probably about to say the same thing I'm thinking. Being black and being gifted is not the same as being black and being able to fight. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Right. Because on the street, when ain't no rules and it's just tenacity and street shit, I would bet on Nate Robinson, even him being a little short motherfucker. But in a control rule regulated space that you never really been in that was you know a setup honestly like he it just, is it is you know I, i'm surprised he came back to the big three this summer when i saw i have been why i you know i i love basketball so if it's some basketball and some guys that's you know still could play at a decent level i'm gonna watch it and I was like, oh, Nate Robinson came back. Oh, I thought he was going to hide. I'm not surprised, though, because boxing wasn't his thing. And, and I'm sure, let me say this, I believe somebody had to say in his corner, like, yo, you shouldn't do that. And he just decided, oh, cool. oh you know, hey, this white boy, I, I hurt this white boy. I'm sure somebody in his corner told him, that, yo, yeah. don't do that. Like, this kid been seriously pra- uh, practicing and sparring and dedicated to boxing for the past two years. That says a lot. Nate, don't do it. Don't do it, champ. Don't do it. Because if he hits you, you're not going to know what to, how to respond, and you're not going to know what to do once you get knocked down. You're not going to know what to do once he rings your bell. And it's different. People don't understand that, man. When you're actually in a ring or in an actual physical fight, it's shit you got to know. There's a certain poor, a level of poise you have to have once, once this stuff starts happening to you. And you have to be able to react and be able to know what a guy is and how close he is and what you need, what you should do when these things are taking place. And I don't think he knew that. He went out there and he got his bell rung and he got KO. But basketball is his shit. Nate Robinson been, been good at basketball. Right. We know that. Looking good on the big three again. Still crossing Mars, hitting his little J. You know, he could probably play in the league still if he wanted to or if a team would pick him up. Let me ask you a question. Um, hmm. The way we're speaking about sports or the way we may talk about art or anything else that we love, when you're around people that aren't black, do you does it ever come off as angry 
when you're around or when you're around people that you do know when you're when you're i get happy about like boxing and, and, and basketball yeah. like that's my shit you oh. know and, and I've noticed, like, when I'm in different settings with people or me and my homies are out, me and my guys are out and we're, we're around, we're at a we're at a bar, for instance, because we were recently out and we were hanging out. And we got loud and we're talking, I, you know, we start we start acting like motherfuckers from the hood in a, in a public establishment. And we talking about basketball, we talking about boxing. They assumed that a fight was about to break out when it wasn't and it was just us having conversation with others has that uh, ever happened to you passion um i can't re- i can't recall it happening any time not in la um because i don't even have any friends that i get that i guess amped up about sports without here but i've had situations like that in chicago you know but as far as like people around you reacting to you just being aggressive with each other and feeling like it's going to go a certain way. I mean, I don't know. People don't be used to that though. The way we move is different. It's just like how in school, a white teacher would not know how to handle a black child because the way they the culturally the way that we move is different so like i remember being in classes with a black teacher especially like a black male teacher i was blessed to have a few of them towards the end and like when we would be talking stuff to each other and all this stuff they knew how to get you to shut up way easier then the white teacher would be damn near about to call the security to come up there because they didn't know how to, you know, quell the situation where the black teacher was like, look, both of y'all ugly. Anyway, you know what? <laughs> yes. And that you know was the I'm way saying? to do it. That was the right. way to do it. And they'd be like, Ugh, and it'd be the end of it, you know, and then you could go on and teach the rest of the class. A white teacher if they did that, it wouldn't even go over the same way. You know, even if they knew to do that, it depending on the way they said it and the way that they, you know, really the way they said it. But yeah, like if they did it, it might not even have the same effect. It's because they're going to react to the cadence and everything that the black, like the way he said he was like, both y'all ugly sit down we about to do this you know this lesson they was just like and now you got the rest of the class laughing at you and everything like man you called your ass ugly ah right and then and then you know he able to go on from there so yeah it's it's a it's a difference um with the way you know move as people so yeah sometimes people react to us yeah way that's not correct because they just don't understand us yeah i had a teacher salute to my eighth grade teacher mr johnson he was a white guy mm-hmm. i think he had a, i'm not sure if he had a white wife or a black wife i think he had a black black wife but he would let us kick the shit and he would kick the shit with us you know what i mean and mm-hmm. but the main thing for him was that we had to get the work done um, we had to read a certain amount of books per week. We had to do all that shit. We could have fun. We could crack jokes. We could we could snap and do the do the dirty dozens and all that. 
uh, uh, throughout the course of the day, but you had to get the fucking work done. And as long as the work was getting done, he didn't care. He didn't care. But I, I, I noticed in certain settings when you're out or when you're around people who aren't really uh, used to being around Black people and the energy that we give off, uh, what I understand from us is that we give off a very high, a high frequency. Um, and when I'm watching people around us, even at the at when we were out recently, I was watching because everybody knows I'm observing. I'm I'm an observant person. I'm seeing everything. And while we were out, even though we talking shit and we getting loud and oh motherfucker this blah 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 blah, no one's gonna get hurt. Nothing mm-hmm. bad is gonna happen to anyone out because we're all just having a good time. But I was looking at the other people around us while we were having this conversation. And as we're having this conversation and we're talking and we're, we're showing each other love and, and we're, 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 we're poking at our chest because we think we know stuff and we're just passionate about what we believe. Everybody else was looking at us, telling the managers like, hey, them guys over there, I think you may need to call the police. <laughs> so what happened? The manager ended up coming over there asking us, was everything okay? And we needed to tone it down because we were scaring the other customers. <sighs> now, if you know me and you know the people that I deal with, if anybody's listening, if you know the type of people I deal with, we love sports. And not only do we love sports, but we are passionate men and we are passionate about what we love. And we get more passionate once liquor starts getting involved. And nothing is going to happen. We do not plan on putting hands on each other because we have a certain level of love and respect for one another. So we choose to talk that way because we're trying to get our point across. And again, we are passionate, but there's nothing going to happen. Right. And, and that, that lets me know, like, there's a big difference in a way, you know, the way we deal with each other and everything like that, which is why I brought it up, man. It's just kind of like, nothing's going to happen. And if you wish, or if you're thinking something's going to happen, that's when shit go wrong. That's I, usually when shit go that, wrong. That just our, because I notice even like, if I laugh at something or, you know, Everything that we do is done with a certain level of passion, you know, that's probably a little bit more than our counterparts at times. And it definitely, I don't know, sometimes makes them uncomfortable because they're just not used to that type of energy. I don't think so. Um, and but there are those who are more comfortable with us. Right. Like we me, me, you and, and plenty of other people we've been around. Latinos, we've been around Europeans, Caucasians. Oh, yeah. I mean, whoever who are familiar with the way we give off our energy and they understand it and they like it. My friends that are white males, especially, are similar to me still in terms of like, for example, if me, you and Steve went out and, and was having a similar conversation, they might have still wanted to call the police on us even with him because he would have been loud right with us. Because you done hung out with him before. He yes, def- I've been around Steve a few totally times. Totally have conversations where he the one who the loud talking motherfucker. For sure. Like, shout out to Steve. He actually did this shirt. Shout out to the, Steve. Wherever you Blue and cream, ghost face, 
Bang bang. Like blue and cream. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been around Steve, and he he's one yeah. of the, he's one of the good guys. But I wish you could have been there and you saw it because, like I said, I'm an observing person and I'm watching. I'm like, oh shit, let me fall back just to see what's going on. And me, I sat and I watched and I'm looking. And one of the bros was like, yo, what's going on? He's like, why you ain't getting in the conversation? I said, look around. He's like, what? I said, just look at how everybody looking at us. And he's like, damn, why the fuck they looking over here? I was like, now look at our group of people. Look at our group of people. And they're loud, they're boisterous, they're talking. They niggerish. Nigga, no, no, fuck that. Fuck that. Michael Jordan would have never done no bullshit like that, nigga. Motherfucker, man, fuck, little bro. Like, all that's going on. However, I feel like if it had been a group of, like, Irish dudes who also be very passionate about sports as well, they could have been talking about football or something like that, getting all in each other's face. I don't know if that would have made... It might have made people be like, oh, my God, I wish they wasn't talking so loud, but they wouldn't have been like. It wouldn't oh, resonate the way we do it. Let me get the manager. Let me see if they can call the police. All this extra shit. you know. It doesn't so- resonate because our level of energy and frequency is a lot higher. And to mm-hmm. them, they're not used to seeing something like that, especially because we put emphasis on word like fuck. Man, fuck LeBron. You understand what I'm saying? And salute to LeBron because that ain't that don't I don't mean that in the actual way. I salute LeBron. I think he's gonna be he's gonna go down as one of the top greats. Yes, you know, honestly, like I think he's gonna go down as as an all time great. He might be number two or number three. But uh, watching again, watching this situation unfold, I'm looking at. It, I'm going, yo, these are, like look how they looking at us, man. Like they're scared. Some people mm-hmm. are getting up and leaving out. And because they were scared. And the manager said, you know, it's it's bothering the customers or whatever. I said, and I was like, man, look, you ever been around black people before? And his answer was, yes, black people come in here all the time. And I said, oh, you just answered the question completely for me. So I asked not- you had, yeah. <laughs> The people who come in here and pay to be here that are black, you 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 see them. Yeah, and you apparently them. a crew like yours hadn't come through there yet with a little bit of um ignorance. <laughs> just passion, it's just passion, like nobody just was gonna passion. do nothing. Just passion. Look, and we I- just took we took where we where we were from and we took it into this restaurant. But, but what- but what kind of restaurant was it? Was it like a bar? It's was a bar. It- like, you're okay. supposed to go in there and talk your shit in a sports bar. Like, that's oh, why we well, there. Okay. If it's, yeah. I that Okay. That actually, because you kept saying a restaurant. If it's a sports bar, it really definitely shouldn't have been nothing said. That's every once in a while you're going to deal with some group of people that's going to be talking crazy like that because that's just the nature of sports. That's a, a way make people be that way. So, so yeah. let me say this though: as we're leaving out, there is a group of guys fighting or so-called fighting outside, and no one's saying nothing to them. Guys, come on, break it up, guys! Guys, don't do this now, guys! Guys, what the fuck, guys? Come on, guys, the fuck! Actually, fighting. 
trying to fight because you know these oh. motherfuckers don't be fighting. They be drunk. They be throwing punches. To- <laughs> Talk the shit, man. I'll fuck you up, man. Yeah, that fuck. shit, yeah. They were wrestling and throwing each other to the ground. and Stay out of my face, Brett. Stay yeah. out of my fucking face, man. Hitting each other in the back, not in the face. You know, like hitting each other in like the kidneys and shit. And it's just like, come on, man. But we're Stay in there. Stand on my fucking face. We we tip good. Of course, when you with me, you had to tip because anybody's listening, these people make minimum wage. Um, they're doing the best that they can and they they survive off, they live off tips. I ain't gonna say they survive, but they live off tips. So when you are out, or at least when you're with me, please you always have to tip 10 to 12% or better of what what the meal is. So we're there, we're enjoying ourselves, and we tip, we know we ate. We had plenty of fucking drinks. You know, we was lit. We was lit in that motherfucker. But I just watched the room and I noticed that in certain in certain areas of the city where I've been, people take what we're doing and our energy and it's offensive to them. It's like, we're not doing nothing no different from what you do, but the extra energy that we have, you take it the wrong way. And because of the mainstream media that puts out these this this fucking perception of us that we're wild and we're ignorant and we're going to destroy shit and we're going to shoot shit up. You all go with that narrative and, and you all feel that we're actually going to do something wrong. And we're not. We're just out having a good time, man. Bro, we left out of there and you see, you blatantly see right on the side of this place, of this sports bar, these guys are going and they roughing each other up and everything. And we walk by and everything. And it was like, oh, sorry, we're so sorry. Like, no, nah, we good. We ain't worried about nothing. Because the six of us knew if there's some shit really going down, hey, how many of them can you knock out right now? All of them. Right. We good. <laughs> I ain't worried about nothing. It's just the double standard, you know, yeah. that thing that's irritating. But yeah, I, 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 in LA, it's, um, I don't know. I think because of the circles that I run in here, that's a lot more diverse. I'm not having as much issues of the, oh, it's a whole crew of black dude type of energy where in Chicago that happened way more because that's where I grew up. A lot of my friends there are black. So um, when we went out, it would be a group of black guys, you know? So, but the funny thing is, you know, to speak back to that situation, you are super grown, you know, like all of y'all, I'm sure. I don't know. Every last one of us. Under 35 or something, you know? So it's like, you really about to be bothering some grown men letting off some steam on a Friday or Saturday night or whatever night it is. You know, it's like, Really, you know, just because they're a little louder, you know, tonight, which it's a sports bar. I'm thinking it was a damn restaurant. Y'all just wild. And no, no, no. This uh-huh. is where we go to act that way. In a way. And I, that's what I told them. Like, we got to go somewhere. We got to go to a sports bar. We got to go somewhere that makes sense for us to get together in a group setting like that so we can have fun. So right. we can definitely enjoy it. And while we're out, we won't be as bothered as we would be if we went to just a regular restaurant 
to have some wings and chill and watch whatever TV that they got on. And we start talking our shit. Because you know that you can't do that, Derek. Those are family restaurants mostly or certain ones. And you know that you just can't be in there acting a goddamn right, fool right. like that. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, now I understand your confusion because if it was just a regular sit-down restaurant, then yeah, y'all can be in there wilding regardless. But yeah. a sports bar, that's built for that shit. That's literally built for people yeah. to be kind of like, you know, having a good time, being loud, drinking. You know, that's what it's made for. Yeah. <laughs> Pay for. And, and for and for a while there was no security around mm-hmm. us, but we noticed like once we started getting and man fuck man fuck man fuck we we talking about fuck this guy and fuck that guy and fuck your mama you know like we doing what we do that's why your mama got you know uh you know uh what, what was one of one of the jokes they were saying that's why your mama got a, a glass eye with a fish in it we saying all that type of crazy shit right. And then you notice how security starts to move and like the biggest guy out of security starts to make his way towards the back where we are eating, sitting down, eating and chilling. It's like, does he realize that he is still by himself? And any, if anything goes wrong, you are still by yourself. Well, if you do anything. Big. He's big. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, Good. that's logic. Good luck. Good luck, because against the six of us, two or three are well are trained in certain things, and then you got mm. military men and guys are just from the hood. Like, good luck, mm. good luck. I, I give you two minutes. <laughs> I give you two minutes before you crumble up, and, and 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 the police have to be called. So yeah, you really you mentioned um earlier because I know that you are in LA. Is LA your long term plan? Is that the long term goal to stay? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I keep going back and forth. I mean, I know I'm not moving back to Chicago. It's cold. Uh, I'm not doing no cold climate. If I could help it, um, the only place that is similar climate to Chicago that I would consider is New York, just because. You know, it would be nice to kind of have New York, Chicago, L.A. under my belt to live in all three cities at certain points in my life. So that would be hard. So that's floating around. But I got to be like 100 percent on and popping to to move to New York. I can't go nowhere and be trying to start at the bottom especially there it's too expensive like i want to be able to go there and grab me a little condo somewhere even though they a grip but i know that the property value will obviously continue to go up so it'll just be a good investment um so new york is on the radar but immediate if i would have moved like in the next two to three years i'd probably do atlanta because um they have a lot of uh, opportunity for media um, and film and all of that type of stuff. And as a black man, a black person, um, I mean, it's the the mecca for us. It's so there many it is. Funny there shit, it is. you know. So it's a lot of opportunities that I could get there that is not 
necessarily available to me here. And if they are, it's less of those opportunities. So Atlanta is on the radar. But as of now, I love L.A. Um, I'm here. I'm still getting things in motion here. I'm doing a lot of stuff with the fashion. So L.A. is really great for that. And then um, as far as film and uh, media stuff, I'm meeting people that I'm setting up uh, to do music videos within a couple uh, weeks and months. So has the business end of everything picked up for you like immensely since you've been there? Um, it did. It started to right before the pandemic kind of, you know, knocked the wind out of the world for a second. But I'm it's starting to pick back up. You know, people starting to be like, well, this is what it is. I can't stop moving. Let's let's, you know, keep making it out. Yeah. So, it yeah. Out. It's, it's coming together. And then I have endeavors that don't have anything to do with my uh, goals with the entertainment, you know, that I'm setting up as far as like vending in the future and some other things that I want to set up with my sister and some of my other family members. So it's, it's you know, you got to get streams of income going, man. We've grown. got to be more than one or two. We need like seven. <laughs> Five at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Five at the minimum. For anybody who is listening, get your streams of income up. You need more than one stream of income. Everything mm-hmm. has to pay for everything else until it all comes from one different or two or three different sources. And one source mm-hmm. just becomes your main income for yourself and you can feed mm-hmm. yourself. You want to be able to do different things for yourself. So you can actively be in control of your own destiny and your independence, if that's what you strive for. If you don't, you know, you want to continue to work for somebody else and you don't want multiple streams of income, salute to you. I hope you do very well at what it is that you're doing. But I don't believe in that. Like a corporate job that's paying you a very high six-figure income, because other than that, you need to be coming up with something else. And even then... You need to be coming up with a backup plan because you, always have a backup you don't plan. want to see something that I saw a lot. And this was even before the pandemic. We go back to the recession back in 2008. It's so many people that we knew because we were in our later 20s. So people who had got these good jobs that went to school with us, that was around our age, who had gotten accustomed to the lot certain lifestyle that these jobs afforded them, they lose a job. And now they didn't really, instead of saving, they was just stunting. So a lot of this high income that they were making, they was renting or leasing really, you know, luxury cars and buying bottles at the club and doing all these things, a stunt. And then they lost their job and everything went away like that. So you just have to be, whatever you do, you need a backup plan. You need you know? a backup plan. Have a backup plan to the backup plan. I'm only saying that because it's it's the truth. What he is telling you implies and certifies and assures what I was saying the whole, I've been saying for years, you got to have a backup plan. There are people during that time when the recession hit 2008, that I know that had to bounce back 
they had to bounce back. And since I've seen them recently, they've apologized for certain things that they said to me. Oh, you out here with three or four hustles. What man got three or four hustles? That means you, you, you poor and broken. You don't know how to, you don't know how to eat. Ah, now you see what I was trying to tell your dumb ass. And I'm not going to laugh in your face. I'm not going to laugh in your face on camera. I'm just going to say that now you understand what it means. Even though that job may pay you 80 grand, 100,000, 120,000, or more, 200,000. Some of y'all, a couple of y'all was making 220, 250 or better. Now you understand what I was trying to tell you. It's your, it may be your career, but it ain't, it ain't your, it ain't yours. And if you're not the person signing the checks, at some point you are, you can be let go. You are not an asset. You are a liability to them. See, the, the problem is, too, back to what I was saying about the spending, it's like they make this high amounts of money and instead of, you know, living in a comfortable means and stacking a lot of that to where if something go down, they got a nest egg and they could kind of stay afloat. Some, you just be, you know, trying to live super lavish, going on trips all the time. That- going a dummy. 250k uh, is a lot, but if you're doing a lot, you would eat that shit up real quick. That'll go quick, just like any other amount of money. It don't matter how much it is. If you're not managing it right, it don't matter. To the one person I talked to, I told you, I told you this specifically, and I said it to you a couple times. If I were making 250k a year, do you know how much money I would actually be spending? I, was, I would have been bought land. I would have been done a bunch of shit. There is no way I would be out here trying to pop bottles and buy three or four cars just so some women could see me. These women don't. Women who are secure in who they are, they don't care. They don't care about that. They're trying to see what, you, what, the, what the future look like. They want to know that you, you can provide, protect, and love them. Like, that's what they care. They don't care about that. The ones who are out here hot and on fire, that's what they're looking at. That's a goal for them to find you and suck you dry, which is what some of them some of them did to y'all. And then later on, they see, oh, I see what you meant when you was talking about doing this and doing that. Yeah, stupid. That was the whole point of me telling you that. I was trying to get with you so you could get involved and we could get something going together. And not, not too many people listen, man. So here we are up to date. You got a lot of guys up now catching up. They're catching up. They're getting their bearings. They're getting their feet under them. They, or they've gotten their uh, their feet under them now, and they're building. And, and well, I, I salute them. But well, I think that ultimately, you know, and I don't think this is said out loud enough, but you know, it's a, a lot of our women, and not our as just as black men, but just as a male species, women have been striving and succeeding at a very high clip and we got to step it up, man. We got to step it up. And if we want to be in the lanes with them, we got to step our shit up too, instead of bitching about them not coming down to our level. Like why should they like, we need to be leveling up. That's the whole point. You know, that's the whole point. Yeah, you're right. That's, and, you know, and I'm not saying that cause I'm, I'm, I'm saying step down to nobody, but it, you have to level up. You have to have 
Yeah, go hard. Like, it's so many people that's literally getting on the internet and, and dogging women because they modern women and they want to be independent. These women have went to school, got degrees, done all this stuff. Why shouldn't they be living their best life and want somebody to come in and match what they're doing? It's or better. Not- and, and what is the why? Why would you be mad at a woman for doing that? She, mm-hmm. she went to school to do all this, and she's supposed to settle for le- like. Come on, man, get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Right. It's just. I think the the biggest issue is like as a as a whole as people we have to like be able to look more for the genuine qualities that we actually need in each other and that is going to help steer you in the right direction when it comes to all the other stuff because sometimes a man is at a level where they can help a woman get to a higher level and sometimes yeah. a woman a level where they can help a man get to a higher level that is true but character of the people that's what really matters like i'd say this all the time a woman could find a rich man but it's hard to find a man with good character regardless of how much money they have because you give a rich a, a bad character person could be rich poor whatever <laughs> and they and it's an abundance of them everywhere yes. Yes, you know a fact. find somebody with some good character and they might not be at the and this goes for males and females. Because I think we men aren't as um I don't what's the word, I don't want to picky is probably a, a good a okay word to use, but we aren't as picky when it comes to like women being in certain financial situations. However, as you get older as a man, you definitely don't want no poop butt ass woman at all. You want somebody that is out here, you know, doing shit like you doing to an extent to match, to put together what y'all both doing to actually be able to like really level up together. Like it don't make no sense to get somebody that you're going to have to like super lift up. However, character then is something that comes into play because if they got the right character and you see the potential and really truly see it because they character match the potential that you're seeing, then you can make a decision based on that. But yeah. people be going behind anybody, and that's what be fucking game up. Yeah. And I want to say this too for the women out there who who love or who like the guy they are with, potential is a beautiful thing, but potential don't also pay bills and shit like that. So right. a guy can have all the potential in the, in the world, but his character. What is his character like? You know, because like, if he's getting up every day grinding, you see him going out doing the work. If it's eventually the shit is gonna happen, but bum, if bum. they saying a bunch of shit and ain't doing the work, then you already know what it is. Yeah, you know what type of guy you dealing dealing with. Um, I recently had to tell one of my uh friends, the young lady I know, she was like, he has such great potential, and I was like, his potential is can be as great as you want it to be. But it's, it's, it's his character and the work ethic behind potential. How far do you see yourselves? How, how far can that go? Banking on a guy's potential. And I'm not trying to talk down about nobody because I, 
we all have potential, right? We all have potential to do great things, to be millionaires, to be billionaires, but you gotta execute things. Correct. So you- it's the application. It's the application of information. Like, what are you doing to get you to this next level? And she was just like, Well, you know, he's got a lot of going a lot going on. And I said, Well, how long can you sit around and wait for a guy with a lot going on? Like, is that what you want? And in the end, the main thing I said, that's fine. If he does work and he's working on things, cool. But the main thing I, I wanted her to also pay attention to was the character of this guy. And lo and behold, his character ended up being shitty and she ended up mm. being involved in a, in a situation that went bad for her. So, mm. um, yes. And we had a long, we had a very long talk. We talked on the phone for hours about it. And she kept bringing up the fact that I was, she was like, I know I'm waiting for you to say, I told you so. And I told her it wasn't about me saying, I told you so. It was about you learning from the fucking lesson. Like, you just did this. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Like, potential is cool, but character and 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 the act, the act of doing better. You know, you. I, I tell people this all the time. Love and love is a verb. I love you. That means I got something behind that shit. I it's stand on act- something behind that. It's actions that go into that word. Absolutely, absolutely, and there are things that can that need to be done behind that word, you know. Yeah. So especially now with this age where we are specifically, you definitely want people to be, you know, if if you love me, I ain't asking you to bail me out of jail. Shit, I'm asking you to jump in into an opportunity and let's get paid. I'm asking right. you to jump like let's go on vacation, let's do different things like that. But for her, there are things that she just needs to understand, and she's a little younger than than we are. Right. Well, she's a you know ten years behind us or whatever, eight years or whatever. But there are things to just figure out, and and she has to. And and I'm not shitting on no man or no woman, but your potential is awesome. But it's the execution and the application of information. What are you doing to get to the next level? And then what is your character really like? If she leaves you, are you gonna turn into a piece of shit? Or are you gonna remain? Are you gonna remain who you are? Is your will your integrity remain the same? Yeah. You know what I mean? So there are things like that that you want to you definitely want to know about about people in the end. Um, For you, dating, Mm -hmm. what's it like dating for you in L.A.? Um, Is it harder to date out there or it's it's weird. Um, It's 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 harder to meet people with substance. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy to meet the girls that or the women, I should say, even for women, I think to meet people that have a look that you want, that's not hard. Like, it's weird since I've been out here, I didn't fulfill a lot of um, fantasies and and check marks, I guess, for things that I wanted to try and people that I wanted to interact with and things like that but as far as like finding somebody with substance that i could build with it's either you not aligned in certain ways but the the connection is there or it's just nothing because that's basically what i found for me it's like a couple people i know out here that's like super dope but we just not aligned to where we could be in a relationship and then everybody else just I don't know, you know, like, and a, a part of that too, you know, to go back to, you know, what we were saying just a second ago, it's like being in your purpose, 
working towards the things that you really want to do, that attracts the person that you really want to, because you attract what you are. If you are work in progress still, you're going to attract another work in progress. And maybe you don't want that. Maybe you want something a little bit more put together. So you got to, you know, work on yourself a little bit more. So I'm at a, a space now where I'm just honest with myself. It's like, it's certain goals I need to meet. I need to like really lock in on that. If I meet a person right now that wants to be a part of these goals, that wants to help me and not in a direct way with just, you know, support, you know, you know what that looks like, just supporting you and all of that type of shit. Like, that's cool, but that's so hard to obtain until you at a certain level. Sometimes it's like pointless to even like take time out to look for that in a way. I know growing up, I was a picky guy for a mm-hmm. very long, for a very long time when it comes to uh, women. I just, you know, you got some guys that prefer quantity over quality. And for me, mm-hmm. it was always, it was always quality over quantity. Are you still the, are you the same way? Oh, I'm always been quality over quantity. Um, but he, like I said, like here it's hard to find the connection. So you end up kind of kissing a lot of frogs, but all the frogs are pretty though. So it's definitely not um, unpleasant, <laughs> but it's a frog in terms of the, internal stuff that you're looking for is like not there that's the ribbit but the outer i kiss them that ain't a problem, <laughs> not a problem. oh my god you know are you a picky person when it comes to women yeah i would say i am i mean but i'm picky in a the thing that I'm picky about is more personality shit because again, living out here, my, I literally just talking to my uncle about this as he asked me a similar question. I was like, honestly, meeting women and women being attracted to you and all of that stuff, that ain't hard. You know, if you, if you move a certain way and you carry yourself with, you know, just a certain level of self-respect and, and respect them, um, it's not hard to attract women. It's just the one that you want, the one that you need to go forward in this life. It's hard to find her, you know, because everybody has a different definition of her. And mine is probably even more unorthodox. So that's what make it even harder. So for the people who are listening and aren't viewing this, Carl Reed is a handsome man. Uh he doesn't it doesn't take much for him to to lean in and you know get what he's looking for but you know he's a handsome guy he's a six foot one six foot two guy beautiful young man been out here you know kicking shit kicking throwing up dust not giving a motherfucker for a long time so it's my partner man it's my guy um we have it's very awkward at, at times to think about it because we have so many fucking similarities and I don't realize it until we talk. <laughs> I don't realize that shit until we start talking and vibing and I go, yo, we got too many fucking similarities that are like the actual, actual same. 
Like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. It's it's uncanny. Like I don't know too many people like that. Yeah, like it's it's, it's even like certain things. Like we both are uh, a product of three siblings, but our birth order is different. Like I'm the oldest of with two sisters. You the middle with two sisters. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. But. You still get the big brother swag because you got a younger sister under you. So from that, we definitely identify. And I think your sister is a little bit younger than mine. I'm not sure. So, My sister is three years younger than me. Oh, oh, she's the same age as my sister, Kristen. So I, she's still the age of one of them. But the, uh, the one that I was thinking of is... uh. Tamara, because she, uh, I talk to her a lot more frequently. Um, I'm actually going down to Houston next weekend and New Orleans. My first time in New Orleans. That's going to be interesting if I can make it, because I know they have uh, some some weather issues right now. So we'll it's see. a hurricane, man. I know. I'm trying to make light of it. I know it's a hurricane. Jesus, be careful, bro. Let oh. me ask you this. Do you prefer to be single right now with everything that you're talking about? You uh I mean yes and no because it's benefits to having somebody on that journey with you, even when you're not at the end goal, because they can help you get to that goal faster. But at the same time, if you're with the wrong person, they will hinder you and you might as well have been by yourself and you would have got there faster that way. So from that standpoint, I do like being by myself. I love my solitude. I've uh, been hanging out this weekend alone and have been enjoying my own company immensely. Um, so to let somebody in my space is a big deal you know so i feel the from, same way all right from that standpoint i like being single but then you get lonely you see your little friends that actually got a wife that's acting right and you be like damn that looks like that could be fun if you could find the right person but that asterisk of finding the right person part because everybody i know do not have that ideal situation. They have a unideal situation and they rather be by their damn self. So uh, that's the, the rub always. It's yeah. like, I'm going to share something with you that my cousin told me. He said, every relationship you've been in with a person um, over a period of time, I think he, I forgot the number of months to years he said, he said, but those, each relationship is a reminder of things that you need to improve on. Yeah. Have you ever, have you agree with that? Oh, I mean, I literally just said that. I mean, when you are looking for a person, you attract you, okay. you know, so if you don't like where you are at a certain point, but you still actively trying to find somebody that might not be the right thing to do, you know, uh, but it's also about manifestation. If you in your mind know, even though I'm not at XYZ point, but I am there in my mind, I'm putting the work in, I'm doing everything to get to this point. It's not just daydreaming. Like every day I'm putting in the, the miles, I'm putting in the, 
the work. I'm doing these things. And you meet somebody on that journey, they could be the aspirational self that you are trying to be, but you are on the path to it. And that's why they put in your path. So the, the key is work on yourself, I think. Work on yourself, get yourself where you need to be, and then you're going to attract the person that you really need because it's times where I think this was the hardest thing for me, like meeting a person that I thought was so perfect and then them seeing something in me to where they was like, nah, I'm good because I didn't embody the things that they needed in terms of um, having everything that they wanted in a person. So they had what I wanted, but I am not, I wasn't on the path of being fully realized or whatever you want to say. So they wasn't feeling me. So that just kind of made me go back to the lab. Like, let me work on me get myself where I want to be fully. And then a lot of that shit ain't even a question no more. Like yeah. you don't have to deal with that once you are at a certain point, like Dr. Dre, who is now single again, he ain't worried about no little girl, what she think about nothing. Every girl in his phone, please can I spend time with you because he already on the other side of it. And he and I use him as an example because we know he be slapping holes. So <laughs> up in his face. Even oh with my Chris God. having this nigga knocking their head off. <laughs> so they still gonna risk it. Oh my God. <laughs> Shout out to Dr. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no shots, man. We love Dr. Dre. No, no shots at all. It's just a fact that you... <laughs> these are things that are said, and I'm just making it light of it, but Yo. we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday hat off, yo. My man. <laughs> yo, shout out to Dr. Dre. We appreciate Dr. Dre for his influence and his wonderful kind of technique and, and music and everything. But what's truth is truth. And the main overall thing that to get from that is that Dr. Dre will want or need from no woman. Um, there are me maybe once, I should say. There may be once. Right. But as far as being successful and everything, he's reached that plateau. I would like to say that he is a billionaire or very close to. Mm-hmm. And and because of his success, there will not be he will not be at a short change of uh, women being in his phone or being in his face, regardless of what he may have done in the past. Um, but I, I definitely agree with with, with, with what you're saying. Um, I do, I definitely agree, definitely agree with my cousin. There are things about you or us as people all around the world, everywhere, as people. There are things about us that through each relationship. You should notice the things that are good about you and the things that are bad about you. And if you don't, you might want to ask that person, what did I do wrong or what are the things that I lack and and find out if you're able to. But, you know, I think all of us have have those points where um, I've been a shit, a piece of shit in the relate in relationships. And I've been a guy that's (laughs) uplifted. Oh, let me. What was this term? 
the term was upgrade. So I did some upgrading and the chick ended up leaving. So it was just kind of like, okay, cool. I guess that was, you know, karma or whatever it was getting back at me for, mm-hmm. for me doing the same thing to somebody else. But overall, there are things about myself that I still learned in those positions, even noticing it when it was about to happen. I was like, oh, okay, I know what this, I know what they, where this is going. But through through those relationships, I know uh, I, I've learned something about me each time. Right. I've learned something about me each time. And those are the big takeaways. And in those certain things, I think one young lady, she did, she said she wanted to be friends. And she didn't think that I would agree to do that. And I did. And, and I saw her a couple months ago. And I gave her, I said, hey, what's going on? I gave her a hug. And she was like, oh, my God, I didn't expect you to embrace me like that. And I was like, why not? Like, it ended, but it wasn't like we were throwing hot scolding water on one another. It wasn't like, you know, you were talking bad about my family or anything like right. that. Like It ended because it wasn't it wasn't good for you and it wasn't good for me. And we decided to move forward. So because of that, like, I'm not going to, the integrity remains the same. You know, like, since we ended on a respectful level, I'm going to keep it on a respectful level. Like, no one's going to know what we did or what went wrong. I'm not going to talk to your friends and nothing, you know, nothing of that manner. But um, me and her had to sit down. Even then, we had to sit down and have a conversation before she could go on and talk to her friends. She was like, I, I had it all wrong. And I was like, yeah, well, that was that's the thing about you being in the position that you were in. And that's why it ended, because you were always assuming things. You were always assuming. And the more that you assume, you made it. You made it. I shouldn't say stressful. You made it tiresome for me to deal with that instead of you asking the proper questions or getting to getting to. Well, one thing I will say um as men and even though I pride myself on being a a pretty decent communicator, I think I still get in our mode of just kind of not talking and not expressing things, you know, as clearly and women like need that so much, you know, so a lot of the assumptions come from us not being openly, you know, openly communicating some things, you know, but that's another lesson that I've learned, you know, with these relationships I've had over the years, you know, I try to operate off of no losses, just lessons, you know, I lost, you know, it's not a loss. I learned something from it. So, you know, but that's something that us as men can work on. And I think something that I, I always tell my homegirls, like, y'all got to talk because you do a lot of assuming we're going to read your mind. And like, we I'm not, not a mind reader. You know, when I mean, at the end of the day, you know, men are simple when it comes to that type of stuff. So just lay the shit on the table. I mean, if the dude, is there and likes you nine times out of 10, he wants you to be happy. So if you're giving him the tools, he's going to knock it out the park if he's worth a damn. But I feel like women be so hurt by these toxic, goofy niggas when they do get with somebody who could actually do the things they need, they assuming he's going to act like somebody else that they are not, you know? So 
we all got a lot to learn, you know, all us single people, you know, and married people for that matter, all of us. We just trying to walk each other home, man. That's all this shit is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing like having that comfort and compatibility in a person that you truly want to be with or that you understand. I love that type of energy, but until I, I get the right one, and I'm not going to say perfect because nothing in this world has perfect. ever been computer, completely perfect, but until I get what I'm looking for, man, I'm, 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 I'm out here, you know, and not necessarily just out here, but I'm single and, and I'm, I'll, I'll be looking for the thing that, that makes me feel uh, comfortable and, and not, not even comfortable, the things that makes me okay. You know, mm-hmm. the thing that, that makes me go, yes, yes, that's it. That's what I was looking for right there. And I think what gets lost is sometimes men equate having some super agreeable woman as the goal. But for me, that while you want some of that there, I like a woman that challenges me because that's just going to push you, you know. And when I say challenge, not challenge like, everything I say she want to argue with me, but like challenge me in terms of like doing better, being doing better. better, thinking a better way. Let's strive to do this thing, you know, and let's put a plan in motion to, um, to, to reach these goals. Like I said something the other day, um, to a, a young lady, um, that I'm interested in. I was like, you know, what, we ultimately should be thinking because she was like saying all of these like hypothetical scenarios of you know how they like to make those up and it's like if this happened then we would have to do xyz or this y and it's like you know if you move in a way to where you're not thinking like how can i create a limitless life then you don't have to think like if X, Y, Z, like X, Y, Z happen, I'm going to have to do, I'm have, you're not going to have to do shit because you're going to put yourself in a way to where you can move the way you want to move. Like Jay-Z and Beyonce move the way they want to fucking move. Like I aspire to that. And it's not the money, it's the freedom. And obviously the money creates a lot of these freedoms so you just have to you know find somebody that's down to like create something special with you that's why i keep saying compatibility is a big thing for me um mm-hmm. like you said being able to challenge me and push me to do things and be better at all times i'm totally with that but it's the compatibility like we have to have that like i don't want to be with nobody i just don't want to be no i don't want to do that i don't want to do that again i just don't want to do that i i I think I'm. I'm thinking I'm, I've tapped out on, on, on trying and trying to push somebody to do something that they don't want to do. I think I'm tired of trying to um, let somebody do more than they should be doing, and then that collapses. Like just trying these different methods. Like I just I try so many things, and the other part about it is, is like when you're out here single, and it's not to brag or boast about anything, but when you're single out here. I can do what I want to do and I can go home. It's just like having nephews and nieces after you're done playing. If I'm, after I'm right. done playing with you and spoiling you for a little bit, here, take that, <laughs> take that. that back. You know what I mean? And until I, I find, 
and, and, and I salute the people who are married, my cousins and, and the big bros and Ed, Ken and Ryan and everybody like that, 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 that are married. And they, they talk about it, you know, yo, I, I won't, as much as I love my wife, I don't want to have to do this shit that you got to do ever again. Me and my wife may argue, but I never want to go back to what you're doing. Cause that shit is trash and I don't want to do it. I just don't want to deal with it no more. And, and, and listening to them and all the things that they know how to do and how to make a marriage work and, and being involved in each other's lives and having kids and, and being able to set up businesses and things like that. Like I, I love hearing that conversation. I love hearing them talk like that. And it's a beautiful thing to hear them talk about moving forward and, and being able to support your wife and su- support, support the family. And support everything that's going to support the kids and then support the wife and, and, and challenge the wife to do better. Like those things are awesome to me that they get around, they, that they get a chance to do. And I would love that. But until I get that, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a person who's out here just minding my business and doing what I know to do. But compatibility is one of the biggest things, man. Someone that can challenge me is very big. Uh, having business ownership together is a big thing to me, you know, being able because once we know we can do these things, to me, those things are like having kids, right? If we can manage our relationship correctly, if we can manage a business together, then damn, we damn sure can be able to have kids and move forward and have long-term goals after that. But it's very hard to find. And in a couple of situations that I've seen it, it didn't go well, or I'll fuck, I'll fuck one of them up. I definitely know I'll fuck one of them up. And the other young lady, she had, you know, she was on some other bullshit anyway, so... Uh, that's that, man. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be dragging nobody no more when trying to get them to, to, to do it. I don't want nobody to feel like they dragging me. I don't want it nobody to feel like they dragging me. You know, what is the term equally yoked, as they say? Like, yes. you got somebody that is like on that level with you, but um at the end of the day man what is the saying that's going around the internets right now focus on yourself king like get this get this shit in order and all the other stuff gonna fall into place anyway you know you gotta i think it's gotta be a balance between working on what you working on and just having your radar up enough to be like okay if the right person is out there then i will make the proper efforts even in this stage because it's we know that that's a jump start if the right person could be a accelerant to what you're doing but the wrong person will be a what is the opposite <laughs> like uh i don't want to say the wrong thing we get recorded but <laughs> basically it will make you go in the opposite direction you know and you don't want that so no, we don't we're not looking for that right now man or ever ever again like i don't want to deal with that i've tried someone told me that to try different different situations for myself you know maybe i was missing out on something by not dating a certain type of woman and then when i tried those things it just it just didn't feel right and the reason why it doesn't feel right for me is because i know what to expect from those those type of situations, especially when a person doesn't have their shit together or mm-hmm. or, or they're scarred and they're, they still they need time to grow, especially when a person needs time to grow and, and they're trying to get over certain things in their life. So um, mm-hmm. I'm at a point now where it's if there is something I'm lacking and I need to be taught.
and I need to learn it on my own, that's fine. But if you're able to teach me that and it helps me grow and we can push forward, even better, even mm. better. But I don't want to be, I want, I want my own. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be sharing nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to have to worry about nobody's uh, whereabouts no more. Like, I don't want to, I don't want any of that shit. Like, I don't want yeah. none of the, I don't want none of the social media ties and people clicking. It's, it's, I don't want none of the people DMing me telling me, oh, I know her and you're dating right. her. Like I don't want to deal with none of that shit no more. Right. I do notice as I'm getting a little older that like when you are talking to somebody that you liking more, it's like a stronger um territorial feel that it's like from when I was younger I'd be like oh you do whatever you want but like if I like somebody like really like somebody and they I'll be like alright go on ahead but mm, you know like it's just fix it's like I don't know it's not, and again at the same time it's not like you just want somebody to be in the house all the time they a person they're free to do whatever they want but you just feel more of like I guess we supposed to, I feel like at this age, we supposed to be in that other state, but we not because nah. shit is dumb and you can't meet the right people now and everybody distracted by so many things. And that's men and women alike. It's not just one-sided. Like ever since these little magic boxes got put in our lives, I feel like it's then put a rift in our, the way that we interact with each other. Yeah, it put a cloud over it. It, it definitely yeah. put a cloud over it. Because if it's hard for us, can you imagine how hard it is for these uh, under 20-something people and 20 and under? Because I have no idea, bro. They whole life been with this box. The whole way they communicate, everything is based off of phones and texting and all this shit. Like they literally be having whole entire friendships fall out because somebody used the wrong word in a text message and shit. And they won't call each other about it. They just be in this world of texting and shit. The black mirror. They're staring into that black mirror all day. It's in their hand all day. (laughs) <laughs> say say that's, what? I said I can't wait till that show come back. <laughs> I need to finish no, watching another episode, season what, three or some shit like that. Yeah, but it's it's in uh, a brave new world that we're in, and we yeah. definitely navigate it properly. But it's hard because yeah. it's our first time living, man. Every day show us a new obstacle that we ain't never seen before. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It just it's just one of those things for me. It's just I just think from you go, yo, I have so much experience doing certain things. Like when does is it I know I have to continue to do the work and improve myself, like well, when does all of this start to come together? So I got come together, but you're never gonna be done. It's no, I'm never gonna no, no, I'm not saying it's gonna be done. I'm just saying the, the part where I go, okay, cool. I got that. Now I can go over here and worry about this and I don't have to worry about that no more. So it just lets me know that I I, I just got to continue to do the work. I just yeah. have to continue to do the work. 
That's it. That's all we can do, man. Just got to continue striving for more uh, success and improve more. And, you know, that's it. You ever had a stalker, man? Yeah. Uh, A long time ago. Thank God it was a long time ago. Um, She... um, and, and not to put it all on her, I definitely was a catalyst of her nonsense and stuff because I wasn't being uh, transparent, you know, about my intentions and stuff initially. But then a lot of the stuff that was the most stalkery things was when we wasn't even seeing each other at all no more. Interesting. Like, um she slashed my tires. She used to call me all the time and leaving crazy messages. She was calling my girlfriend and leaving her crazy messages, which that man to this day, I still give her a award. Like that girl was a rider. That bitch literally did not care what that fool was saying about me at all. She was like, whatever, that's my boo. Fuck you, bitch. I was like, oh. she was a real one. Yes, that sounds like a keeper. We're not going to shout her out or use any names for anybody right now. Oh, no, 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 no. I have definitely had some stalkers. I think you remember one when we had the you dig over the you dig when we stayed. Oh, yeah. Breathing outside the door. (laughs) It always feels like. Somebody's watching me. To the Looking people at- who, man, to the people who are listening, this chick was. Yeah, it was just, it, it wasn't even entertaining. It, at one point, it was sad. Like the shit that was happening was, was sad. And it was sad. And then it kind of got a little frightening almost to a degree because it's like, uh, you can't just be breathing outside people's houses and shit. Like, what's going on? <laughs> And then it got to the point where after we went out, when when you moved to in another direction and I moved in another direction, my G, she had followed me to the new spot. You did tell me about that. I'm not, it's not my first time hearing this, but damn, I forgot though. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. She followed Ooh. me to the new spot. Uh she would camp outside. So to get in there, you have to have a key to get in. So she would wait till someone would open the door. She would come in and try to figure out where I stayed in the building and all this other stuff. And it was, it was, it was, it's embarrassing. It's mm-hmm. embarrassing at that point. Cause it's like, yo, no one, I'm not interested in you. And no matter what you say or what you put on social media. And I keep telling people that's social media. I don't care. That ain't real life to me. Like that's mm-hmm. for the crowd of people that live on the internet. I don't live on the internet. I don't live on Facebook. I don't live on Twitter. I'm on there as a person or a personality or a thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I vibe with people on there, but that's not my life. So for me, like it's it again, the character is way better than what any reputation any person can give you. So while she was out there saying all this crazy stuff and everything, I would, I would be at home and people would be telling me, hey, she said this and she said that. And I was like, well, what do you know and what do you believe? You know what I mean? And, and it, it, that, that, that was a whole situation of its own. 
So when I thought it was over, me and this young lady started dating. And I told her, hey, just so you know, at like it was like four or five months. Like, yo, I'm feeling you. You know, I'm feeling you. Blah, 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 blah. I want to get involved. I was like, all right, cool. But just so you know, I got I got mm-hmm. something Person. flying around, perched, perching out, just perched somewhere outside the building. Like it's watching me. And I know it is. And I don't know when it's going to drop in. And we joked around. She was like, you be putting it down like that, blah, 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 blah. She was like, maybe I should stay away from you and everything. And I was like, no, it ain't like that. Like, she just got a couple screws. Her elevator doesn't go to the top floor, you know? And she, we, we sat around and we joked about it. And she showed up. Yeah. So one day me and this young lady, now, 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 let me say this. I think this was done on purpose. Me and this young lady had hung out. We went and had an awesome night. See class, we went and got dressed up. I got on a suit with the vest and the tie. I got the I got the shoes on. 007 out the world, out this world, right. man. You know, I'm I'm fly. Right. I'm fly. She dressed, you know, she got the long gown on, blah, blah, blah. We went to this uh this party or whatever it was that she uh she said that she wanted to go to, and we out there slick, kicking it. Having a good time. We leave. The, we leave the event. She like, yo, um, I don't know how you feel, but I want some fucking Wendy's. Perfect. Wendy's is my shit. I love Wendy's burgers. We go and get like five or six cheese, junior cheeseburgers, deluxes or whatever and shit. We smashing them shits in the car. We pull over and stop because she was hungry and we eating them and everything. We're coming back to my place. All right. And she walks up. I said, yo, so before we got the car, this is why I told her, like, yo, take them shoes off, put your, uh, your, your, your gym shoes on now. You're done. You don't have to do that no more. She's like, oh, yeah, you right, whatever. So she takes them off. She put on her gym shoes. She takes her gown. She puts a knot in it, and she puts, like, a rubber band on it. Because we we home now. Like, ain't nobody looking. Nobody care, you know? So we we, we, had, we going back to my place. And as we're getting up to my place, this chick runs up. She runs right up to us. And she engages in foolery right outside, like maybe another apartment building down from us, like another building down from us. She engages in all types of foolery. This is my man, blah, blah, bitch. What you doing outside of my place, blah, 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 blah. So I had to deal with that. I had to deal with that. And I was like, yo, would you would you just go home? Like, go home. Like, go home. This is this my man. Did he tell you? I was like, she know, bitch, she know. Like, everybody know that you off your shit. Like, you need medicine. Like, go home. We're going, we're going upstairs and we're about to, we're about to lay it down. It's 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 two o'clock in the morning. No one cares. Like, we like it's go home. Like, you look pathetic right now. You look pathetic. You look bad. You look bad. Hey, so she telling the girl, yo, oh, I'm pregnant and all this other stuff. So I just dropped my head and I just let her go. I was like, no, let's just let her talk. Let's let's see where this goes. So then she ends up telling her, you know, that uh, I will cut this bitch out here. Like this bitch don't know who I am. And I was like, yo, you just just go home. Just go home, please. Just take your ass home. Because like we not we not here for that. So she going on, blah, 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 blah. Shorty got a purse and she, she she got a little bag and she got I got the Wendy's bag and she got her own bag, whatever, right? 
In her bag, she keeps a blade that swings out. So when she was telling her, she's like, yo, bitch, I'll cut you and all that. She she opens her bag like, this bitch don't know that I really cut her. I really will. I was like, no, we're not going to do that tonight. We're not going to. I was like, hey, go upstairs. I'll just talk to her or whatever. Outside, while we're waiting. Well, I'm not. I'm waiting. not waiting. I'm talking to her. For about five or ten minutes, the police shows up, and then she's acting a fucking fool. She acted a damn fool, bro. Apparently, she called the police on me and said there was a disturbance outside the building, whatever, and she was scared for her life. She had done all of this. This was all pre-planned. So I, I called upstairs and said, hey, come back downstairs. She called the police on me. Um, I think she set me up or whatever, and the police got there. I didn't get arrested for anybody's list. I didn't get arrested. I didn't go into holding or anything like that. But she made a whole scene out of nothing. All of this for nothing. Mm-hmm. Girl. Yo, and I told I told her, I was like, yo, you really need, you need help. Like, you really need to talk to like a psychiatrist or a doctor or something. You need some counseling or something specifically for you because you're doing all this for nothing. Y'all didn't even, y'all weren't even intimate or nothing, was y'all? Nope, not at all. Nothing ever happened. She was pregnant. Oh, okay. Nigga, I'm Joseph. She married. This is immaculate conception, my nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Immaculate conception, my G. You know, I got that shit. Now you got it. Bam. Right. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> and bang. Right. And bang bang. You're blessed. You know, so uh yeah. So I went through that. Um and me and that young lady dated after that. She she was down. She's like, I get it, you know, like she's like, I can kind of see what it is. She said, You I feel protected around you. She said the, the energy around you is very good. She said, I don't know what it is, but she said, if you did fuck her, I was like, No, I, I, I didn't do she was like you're a man. Y'all don't turn down anything. And I told her at the time, I prefer quality over quantity. So me and her had never done nothing. So um, she was like, are you serious? I was like, I never done nothing to that girl like that at all. In no form, no shape, form or fashion. Nothing that ever went down. So we had that conversation and we talked about it or whatever. And she was a rider, man. She stuck, she stuck, she stuck, stayed around for a while until, you know, it just went bad. But I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. But the stalkership is real. I've had a few of those. Um, it's nothing to brag about. It's it's embarrassing. And it's a certain situations. It's sad. You know, I don't I don't wish on nobody. Oh, thank God. Say what? I only had one of those, thank God. Because that, that one that I had was a lot. So I had a few of those, man. And dealing with that shit is just it's a headache, man. It's tiresome. It's like, I got to come home and deal with someone else who doesn't know how to correct their own behavior. You can't, like, you can't correct someone else's behavior. Like, you got to let them be themselves and run out of gas. I can't do nothing about that. Yep. Yeah, that, that the situation I had, I just had to um, basically just... Stop all communication, which I had before. But uh, once we moved, 
into the spot that we got that kind of helped because she didn't know where I live no more. And it was so funny because like she um, had reached out to me again when I was living over there. And um, I talked to her just so I could find out because she was talking about she was moving away. I was like, oh, that's good. She was like, the only reason you answered the phone is so you could find out if I was uh, uh, moving. And I was like, I just wanted to make sure you weren't moving to where I live. And then I hung up. <laughs> that was the last conversation that we had. Wow. What a guy, yeah. Carl. What a uh, guy, you know. Yeah. Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my last conversation with that one was, yo, I think you need help. It was over the phone because she was sending me pictures. Uh, you know, she was sending me pictures and videos. So, um, yeah. And I was just like, hey, you know, you should stop because there is no interest there. You know, there's nothing about the situation that I like or enjoy. You should you should stop now. Um, it, it looks bad. It just it just looks bad on you. Mm. And then there was after the pregnant, the so-called pregnancy. Um, there was another time she just showed up and she had got into the building. And she, so was, she knocked on your door like directly. She didn't knock on my door. Uh, she had the police there waiting for me. Um, and she told them that I had locked her out and uh, that we were fighting and everything like that. What? Yep. Yeah. I, look, I had been at work for 10 hours. I had been at work for 10 hours. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And I came home and she was out. She was outside. Her hair was all over the place because she had long hair. Um. Her hair was all over the place. Her clothes were all like it just looked, yeah. It looked like it looked like me and her had like been like right wrestling. Yeah, no, not scuffling, wrestling. Like we had been wrestling or something. Because if we had been scuffling, I would have knocked our ass out, and that would have been the internet, you know. And that ain't to to say nothing bad, but <laughs> if you know, you know. Like it ain't we ain't gonna do too much of that. So yeah, when I got there. The police were there and it was like, do you stay here? And I got my bag, but I'm unbuttoning. I'm trying to unbutton my jacket because I'm coming upstairs and I'm getting to my door. And they're like, put your hands up, yada, 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 this. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? And, she, and she's like, that's him. That's him. That's him. All I want to do is get my stuff. You know, like all I want him to do is be gone. Whatever she was saying, man. I'm like, what? Man, she don't even. I'm like, my, my, my mama don't have a key here. How do you have one? So yeah, it was a whole mess. Um, and then I moved again and you know, I told the truck to go one way, we're gonna go the other way. <laughs> that was the end of that shit, man. Damn. Well, glad that's over with, man. Yeah. This is crazy. Crazier than that thing. Man, crazy than that thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and and like you said, for those people that oh, I know he he must have he must have bust her down. Like I didn't do nothing with him, nothing, nothing. I remember that was like the main thing that was like tripping me out when it was happening at the other spot. Was I remember? I mean, I remember you not really letting her 
be in the crib like that, you know? So it wasn't like, I mean, you could have obviously went over her house, but as far as what we were, she wasn't getting up in there getting no D. No, so. no. And a couple of times she was over there. Do you, if you remember, it was like weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like, Oh, my favorite. This is my favorite little dumbass thing that she said. Remember she was there and she was tripping off neither one of us having a comb. <laughs> and I'm like, I think we both looked at each other like from the, uh, that scene in Belly, like, is this nigga serious? Like, hair. <laughs> Like, I think I had a pick for my goatee at the time, which that was from when I had hair. I happened to have that. That was the best I could do for her. And she was like, y'all don't got no comb. What? We don't have no hair. No, 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 no. But here's the one you didn't uh, catch. Why don't you have a dryer? <laughs> Here's your dryer. Yeah, y'all, y'all that poor that y'all don't have a dryer? A hair dryer? Yes, we are totally poor. We are officially poor because we don't have a dryer. Yeah. So she had to go, man. She it was just something in her eyes that let me know that this wasn't gonna be a good idea. Yeah. I saw the crazy in her eyes just talking to her for three seconds. I was like, yeah, this is out her mind. Am <laughs> mind. But let, I, me, let me tell on myself, though, as well. Sometimes you see that look and you know it's going to be good and you're like, yo, just once. But I didn't, I didn't, this, yeah, <laughs> I, did, I didn't touch this one, but there's another one that I, you know, I did. And it, it was even, it was kind of worse than that. Um, yeah, yeah, I got one of those, actually, now I think about it. She had the crazy eyes, but I went away. That thing and, was... And it was bomb, too. Man! <laughs> Man! Bomb diggity dog! Yeah, she had that destroyer on her. She was packing. Yeah. It always be them. Yeah. Just you can't act right. Without the crazy eyes and they have it, man. You just better wife her up. Cause that shit just the cl- I don't know, man. I I the the one that I'm talking about now, away from that one, she I knew that was full on crazy. Cause mm-hmm. I was looking at her in her eyes like, oh shit, she got that, she got that twang. She got that twang, and then something was like, just lean in, you know, find out what it's like. And I f- did more than find out what it was like. I found out more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of, yeah. It's, it's funny. That should make us run away, but our dumb asses be like, hmm. <laughs> Let me see. Broke my beard. <laughs> Let me find out what this is like. Yeah, because it's about to be bomb. They always be bomb. I hate them. Ugh, I don't even know if this should go on the episode. but It shit. will. It will. <laughs> but on, on that note, because it's about to be the longest episode ever in a minute. 
Uh, <laughs> Between us, yeah. I've got some enough five hours, four or five hours, but but um we, we can conclude with that for everybody that's listening. This episode was supposed to be titled We High Working Energy to Heights of Inspiration, Greatness, and Health. We did not talk about health, but for everybody that's listening, uh mental health is a very big thing. Um, I don't know what else to say. Not to say it in short, <laughs> mental health is a very big thing. You should always take care of your mental health. If you are around people that aren't aspiring to be do positive things or encourage you, uh, you should you should be aware of that. You should be aware of your mental health. If you are suffering from stress or depression, you should seek help. I'm not saying that you should take pills, but maybe you should do better with your exercise and the food that you uh, put into your body. Mm, for sure. Yeah, that is definitely yeah. a very big part of that. Uh, again, this episode was titled We High, Working Energy to Heights of Inspiration greatness and health and i think we covered the majority of that uh, on we, we about some of those things um we also started talking about just life in general which always is going to happen but um overall i think we um hit some points i wouldn't mind doing a part two to this subject and absolutely in a little bit more a little bit more focused but um absolutely you want a while i think we just end up just having a little kickback conversation a lot of times <laughs> which is fine which is fine it's always gonna be some jewels and i know that we said some some things that are, absolutely we covered some good shit like the, the questions i asked there was some uh, pertinent information that, that was yeah. uh disseminated through the podcast we definitely did did things correctly um mm-hmm. but to everybody out there, man, I wish you peace, love, health, and success. Um, I think everyone should should subscribe to doing that and reaching those goals. We've been on here for probably two hours, maybe more. Uh, also, should subscribe to this podcast as well while we're talking about subscribing. Just, yes. just, saying, just yes. saying. Yes. <laughs> Subscribe to Full Profits Podcast, F-A-U-X-P-R-O-F-H-I-T-Z Podcast. And also the Culture Foolishness Podcast is something you should subscribe to as well. One day I will be a guest on there in the future. Um, it's soon, very, very soon. Yeah. Like super, super soon. Yeah. So We're going to get out of here. And my brother, love you, man. Take care of yourself. Yes, sir. Love you too, man. Yes, it's sir. Creed signing off. Bang, bang, bang.